At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Relax this Sunday with a little moment to yourself and the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again for the HHC. And finally, I think we're ready to have our off-season move wrap-up episode. At least a lot of the big ones, the dominoes have fallen, free agents have been signed, trades have been made, extensions have been extended, and now it's time to talk about them all collectively because quite frankly, when everything was happening, it was in the midst of the draft and summer league and all these other items, and we just felt it was best to approach everything as a collective. So with a very big list of topics to tackle, including Terry Rozier being extended, Mason Plumley being traded for, Kelly Oubre and Ish Smith both being added in free agency and all the other moves and dominoes that have fallen, we have got a packed edition of the HHC, and so we've got a packed list of panelists. My producer from the Hornets Radio Network, Rob Longo, here with with us again and from hornets.com sam Purley, gentlemen thanks for joining us let's start with the big item the one where the news has just most recently dropped and that is terry rogier is getting a long-term extension with the hornets there are plenty of reports out there about how many years and how much money so we'll leave that to those folks breaking that news but suffice to say sam Purley, a long-term extension for one of the most prominent players for the franchise over the last two seasons if not not the most prominent based off the scoring prowess he has demonstrated. Yeah, absolutely. Really exciting move for the Hornets because you lock in a guy that has been a really, really high contributor for the team the last two years, has been reliable, great leader, has done everything you've asked him to do. And I think two years ago, I think when you when you first kind of did the Kemba Walker for Terry Rozier flip, you didn't really necessarily know how Terry was going to respond to a much bigger role than he had in Boston on a full-time capacity. He kind of entered here as the starting point guard and things happened, you know, 
Devontae had his breakout season. You kind of moved Terry over to the two. Now he's kind of locked into the two, too. And he's handled all that tremendously. Taking on a different role or whatever role the team needs is everything you could want in a player on and off the court. I think it's a huge move for the team in the sense that you're bringing back a guy that is very, very productive, great leader, great teammate, very, very competitive, wants to win. That's what you want. You want guys like that on your team. And this is going to take him, obviously, as a member of the team or make him a member of the team for the foreseeable future. So now the extension is in place long term. Terry Rozier is going to be a Hornet for the foreseeable future here. Rob Longo, how do we feel about the deal? Do we like it? It's a no-brainer. When you look at it, I mean, the guy's coming off a career year. He's only 26. A couple years of an extension. Again, we can't discuss how long it is, but it's probably going to take him to his prime. And you're trying to build this team around a guy like LaMelo Ball. You are able to put a guy like Terry Rozier in that shooting guard position and just, you know, now you got a two-headed monster in the backcourt. You know, heaven forbid there's an emergency situation. Terry Rozier did a pretty good job last season filling in in that point guard role when he was called upon with injuries down the stretch. So he's a versatile guy and he played in 69 of the 72 games last season. Sometimes the best availability is availability. He's very consistent. The guy's a grinder. That's something that I think you take a lot of value in as well when you're giving out these big contracts. I'm with you, Rob. I don't think there's any question that Terry Rozier is deserving of this. I've seen arguments, Sam, to the contrary, maybe poking at the deal or the extension, and I don't understand exactly why there are there are folks trying to do that, but they seem to fall into three camps. One is... Is he worth the amount of money that he's going to get? And generally speaking, there's 50 to 60 players that are going to be the high dollar players in the NBA across all of the teams. And there's a lot of guys who are not as impactful or as productive as Terry Rozier who fall into that group. You know, there's guys who are all really, really good players, but some of them are not starters or some of them are not 20 point per game guys. Or, you know, there's a variety of reasons why they're worth the money they are to their specific franchise, they're not necessarily as productive or leading to wins the way Terry has. So that's argument number one I've seen. What would you say, or are you with me, I guess, in that Terry's production to 20 points per game solidly 18 plus points per game over the last two seasons plus the three-point shooting plus all the intangibles we've been talking about here seem to make it pretty obvious that he's going to get paid and you might as well be the team that keeps your own once you've developed them. This is part of the developmental process. The developmental process is not something just reserved for rookies and first year and second year players. You know, Terry Regier came in here, this was his last two years were his fifth and sixth seasons. The developmental process is continuing to get better as you get older and older. There's still guys, I mean, talked a lot about last year, Gordon Hayward finding ways he could get better. I'm sure they're going to have the same thing for Mason Plumlee this year, finding ways for older guys to get better. It's. I think we just keep circling back to the same term. It's a no-brainer. The goal is to get talent into the building and get as many talented players as you can on the roster. That's the goal because the more talent you have, the more likely you're going to win games. I mean, you saw it last year with the Hornets when some of that talent or when the injuries kind of hit those last couple, those few weeks and the absences, I mean, it was a struggle to kind of get points up on the board and win games. Like it's, It sounds very straightforward, so I'm not breaking news here. You want really good basketball players on your team. Terry Rozier is a really, really great, outstanding basketball player on your team. You had an advantage and able to bring him back at this point. Why wouldn't you? And you also, another thing you kind of factor in, look at the free agency class next summer. If you're not going to bring him back or you think, you know, the other argument I've heard is why would you draft James Booknight if you're going to bring Terry back? It's like if you have two really good players at the same position, you can figure it out. That's a better problem to have than to have no answer. Again, like I said, we're circling back the same term. I think it's no-brainer move. Had to be done. Yeah. The point is not to have exactly five tremendous players who all play a different position. It's to assemble as much talent as you can. The second of the three arguments I've heard most commonly that are trying to poke at 
at this deal, which again, I think we're all in agreement here. This makes all kinds of sense for everyone involved, but somehow was aged. That somehow Terry Rozier, this deal might potentially take him past his prime. First off, I don't think that's anywhere near true. I think you look at how players, especially of his caliber, have aged through the, the foreseeable future over the next five years of his career. And quite frankly, he sh- should be in his prime. You never know with injuries and whatnot, but I don't understand the age component. But let's just throw out all the names of players younger than Terry Rozier who are averaging 20-plus points per game. Luka Doncic, Zion Williamson, Nikola Jokic, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Trey Young, De'Aaron Fox, Jalen Brown, Colin Sexton, Brandon Ingram, Damanis Sabonis. Each and every one of those players is a franchise cornerstone. Those guys aren't going on the open market. I hate to break it to anyone. So the fact that that's the entirety of the list, Rob Longo, that is younger than Terry Rozier that averages as many or more points than him, that's pretty good company that Terry Rozier is in. I don't know why you wouldn't lock in someone who fits in that group. And I hate getting into comparisons, and I'm not making this comparison by any means, but look at Chris Paul. Look what Chris Paul has been able to do in his mid to late 30s now. I mean, he's obviously a once in a generational talent, but at the same time, I mean, he's still producing past his prime. Terry's, again, only 26. I mean, the prime keeps getting a little bit younger and younger when you look at it just kind of overall with, you know, how long kids are in the league and players are in the league just because of when they come out of these one and done situations. So yeah, the shelf life is a little bit shorter and it's a little bit younger than it used to be, but there's no reason that Terry can't defy that expectation and defy those odds. We already seen it when a lot of people like you kind of alluded to a couple minutes ago where it was just kind of like a, yeah, we'll take Terry Rozier. We don't know what to expect from Boston with the Kemba Walker sign and trade. And you know, he's blossomed into this great player, a career year last year. There's no reason to say he can't do it again. One or two more years. I mean, he can even get better. You never know what another year of playing with a guy like LaMelo Ball can do for you. And to that point of, you know, where the prime is, of guys 20 points or more per game. Terry was one of 31 last year. I named 12 players that are younger. That means 18 are his age or older. He has a lot of runway left, a lot of tread left on those tires for Terry Rozier. Third and final argument I've seen poking at this one. Sam, I'll throw it to you. Some people just like cap space. And I understand wanting flexibility. I think the Hornets still have an awful lot of it, quite frankly. But at some point, you have to realize that cap space doesn't score any points, doesn't win you any games. You have to invest in players who are going to go out there and actually get the W's, get you to your stated goal of making the playoffs. If not Terry, as you said earlier, Sam, who's the person out there that you want to pay? It's great to have cap space if you have people out there you've identified you want to give it to and that simultaneously want to take it from you but because of the way the league has set up the rules on you know how much you're allowed to pay certain players you're never allowed to make more by making a move so i don't understand how cap space gets you closer to the playoffs or flexibility gets you closer to the playoffs than securing a bona fide 20 point per game scorer like terry rogier yeah you look at a lot of these guys maybe this this offseason maybe last offseason how many of these guys these superstar guys are just kind of re-upping with their own team Teams. Kawhi Leonard just did it. You've seen LeBron James, I think, just did it with the Lakers last year. You've seen Anthony Davis redo it. You're seeing Luka Doncic at some point going to do it because basically how it works is if a team re-signs its own players, it can exceed the salary cap because they have bird rights on their guys. It is harder to get guys under the cap if you're bringing them from externally. And if you look at the free agency list, like you said, you would have to basically overpay to bring somebody in externally as opposed to re-signing your guy. You've got a tremendous option internally. You might as well 
extend him. So again, you don't want to get to the situation where you get next summer and you've got all these ideas. You saw teams a couple years ago. I mean, a lot of teams cleared out lots of cap room to get a Giannis Antetokounmpo or someone or Kawhi Leonard and those guys re-upped. I mean, Giannis is probably the best example of a guy just re-upping with his own team. Those guys didn't change locations and then it's like, okay, what's the backup plan? And you kind of end up assembling, you know, bits and pieces, but it never like takes the you know it's what does it say four quarters doesn't always equal a dollar necessarily that's kind of how what played out in a couple locations in the nba thinking that they were going to have a chance to get this big time superstar from another team just hasn't you haven't seen that kind of movement in a couple years guys are are, you know they want to stick with their teams and they can you know set themselves up a little bit better so cap space is a nice like you said it's a nice concept concept if you can use it but at the end of the day if you can't necessarily use it or using it in a way that is not favorable or unproductive then it doesn't do you any good and to your point because you are allowed to go over the cap for your own guys a lot of the young players on the team if they continue their ascent if they continue to demonstrate that they are worthy of similar types of extensions or deals the options are there it's pulling in pieces from outside that, again, it's just it's difficult to do. I know we went over on this topic. I think it's the biggest move of the offseason. We'll talk more about that later on here in the podcast, but I don't understand some of the poking at the extension, especially so quickly after it was announced, but I think we're all in agreement. We're all kind of fired up about it. You know, having a 20-point-per-game guy with the character, the mindset, the mentality of a Terry Rozier, it's an all-around positive thing. I'm excited for what he'll bring in the near and long-term future for the Hornet. He was not the only move. Mason Plumley, Kelly Oubre, Ish Smith amongst the players added to the Hornets. What do they bring to the Queen City? We'll talk about that next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, the buzz is building. For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. Lock in your price today. Sam Farber, Rob Longo, Sam Perley here with you on the HHC. We are reviewing all of the major moves of this past offseason. Went in depth on the Terry Rozier extension, what it means for this franchise long term. Let's talk about some of the other moves that were made. First one, the one that came earliest, I think, on the calendar was Mason Plumley, a trade from the Detroit Pistons. The Hornets got Mason Plumley plus the pick that netted JT Thor all in exchange for a later second round pick. There are obviously some financial reasons for the Pistons to do this deal, but for the Hornets, I think there's nothing but positives. We went into this offseason looking at this Hornets roster, Sam Perley, thinking center had to be one of the primary focal points just because there wasn't an experienced center who was going to be active on the roster. You'd either have to re-sign one of your old guys or make some kind of exterior move. I don't think anyone saw Mason Plumley as a potential because he had been signed for a moderate-length contract on a pretty reasonable team deal, and he was coming off a career year, but Mitch Kupchak able to pull off a really solid move to add a starting quality center to this roster for next to nothing. I mean, you you actually got a better second-round pick than the one you gave up to acquire Mason Plumley. Yeah, I love the deal, and I think it's I think you saw Mason last year, and he actually flourished in Detroit. He did really, really well coming over from Denver previously, but I think you can tell kind of halfway through the season that Detroit needed to take 
a different bit of a route and they were going really youth and I think to an extent they actually almost just shut Mason down final couple weeks just because he didn't really fit in sort of their long-term plan so I love the fit I think you like you said you needed to find a center strictly I mean look at Cody Zeller Bismarck Biombo they're both expiring free agents I think PJ can play center but not full-time I think it's more of a mix it up small ball kind of option and talk about veteran leadership he's been in the NBA for almost 10 years now great rim runner great rebounder very physical I think brings a lot of elements the Hornets really needed last year playing around the basket post game you know doesn't really shoot threes or a whole lot of outside shots but I don't think that's necessarily a deal breaker I think it's a great addition and like you said he basically took on that JT Thor pick and speaker everybody is pretty impressed with it summer league he looks like he's going to be a player for a guy that actually didn't even end up I don't think he's going to be on the Pistons Rosses this year and Baltza Koprovica I think he signed overseas already so love the move I think you kind of lock in that starting center position I think there was a little kind of inconsistencies going back and forth with the centers last year with Cody and, and Biz and then again you don't necessarily know where Nick and Vernon are in their developmental stages on, from an NBA landscape so love the move. Rob there's certainly the question of the depth at the center position and you could have PJ Washington play some small ball five we will see how the development of Vernon Carey Nick Richards Kai Jones factors in to the future and of course injuries will always be a major part whenever you're thin at any position and, and center is kind of a unique one you center and point guard it, it takes a certain type of player to fill those roles whereas others there's a little bit more gray area where you can say well we're going to play a little smaller we're going to play a little bigger we're going to fit our team needs or fit our roster what we have in-house to fill out these other spots but four centers specifically with Mason Plumley, how do you grade the trade well I look at it as a now and later trade that's the kind of the way I view it because yeah of course Mason Plumley is the focal point because he's the guy that's going to probably come in and start right away but again just like Sam alluded to I mean I am really high on JT Thor I think he's going to be a really good player you know once he's able to get some more seasoning because again he's a younger player he's played basketball for a long time but again like Mitch Kupchak has said time and time again when you're a younger player and you're at the center position, you're probably going to develop the longest. And I mean, just look at the way that Mason has been able to make his mark in the league. I mean, he's bounced around from a couple of different teams, but he's still here. I mean, he was drafted all the way back and it doesn't seem like it's that long ago, but he was drafted back in 2013. And by that point, I mean, he's starting to get a little bit older. So, you know, not only are you adding a guy that can start right away, you're adding a veteran presence in a locker room as well. And you got a guy that has a couple more years left on his deal. He's got two more years left on his current contract. And then you are able to get those guys like hopefully by that point, Kai Jones, Vernon Carey, Nick Richards, JTT, or whoever is able to going to develop into that four or five spot role, some playing time at that point. And it's just a great job by Mitch to kind of keep the wheels turning by not only winning now, but winning later in the future as well. Certainly like plugging him in at center. I think you're definitely not losing anything by putting him in there. Uh, someone who was just about averaging a double-double as a starter last year for Detroit. Kelly Oubre added in as well. Rob, we'll start with you on this one. To me, this is a guy who's basically pencil him in for 15 points per game. That consistent scoring off the bench. There are other things Devontae Graham brought to the table as well. Malik Monk too. Malik Monk, there was always that possibility that he might pop for a big game, and I think Kelly Oubre has that to him as well, but in letting those two players go, you needed to find some consistent scoring off the bench. Kelly Oubre can do that. He can start if needed. I think a really good, smart addition. It's a role that hopefully Kelly will continue to flourish in as he has previously in his NBA career. One of the things we talked about in previous podcasts when the season was still going on was, I don't want to call it controversy, but when Miles Bridges was playing so well, it was like, okay, well, what happens if Gordon Hayward comes back? How does this lineup look? Because Miles was that energy guy coming off the bench. Kelly Oubre is probably your answer now being that energy guy, just the way that he plays and the passion that he plays with and the fact that he's able to go out there and 
get 15 points pretty much automatically. I just think that, like you kind of mentioned, a kind of a plug-and-play guy, somebody that could come off the bench, provide a spark, and shooting's one of those things that's contagious. If you see one bucket fall, then they fall a lot. I mean, obviously. So, you know, we saw that a couple times last year with this Hornets team where Malik Monk might come off the bench and hit a three, then all of a sudden, P.J. Washington's in the quarter spotting up a three, and then it just becomes contagious at that point. I think Kelly Oubre is one of those guys that can kind of bring that to this team as well. Sam, I think when healthy, this second unit got a lot more consistent with the moves they have been made, particularly with Kelly Oubre. Yeah, I love this. I've said it. This is the third thing we've talked about and I've said I've loved every single move so yeah I think it's great I think this is going to be a much better fit for him than Golden State I, I wrote a piece last week a little bit of a shameless plug here but I think the fit with the Warriors was a little forced for him I think it was kind of a the Warriors needed to get somebody in there to fill that Clay Thompson vacancy last year Kelly was available he was in Oklahoma City at the time from the Chris Paul deal I think he's more naturally a three I think he can play two but I think he's more naturally a three great athleticism I love the two words he said in his zoom intro press conferencing last week or two weeks ago he said plays with passion and rage and I think rage in a controlled sense and I think you want guys that are going out there laying it all on the line I think you see some of that from Terry at some point so and the thing I like a lot about Kelly's game is even when he's not involved he's always moving he does a great job moving without the ball putting pressure on the rim getting open he's very very versatile I think you just look at kind of the starting lineup right now and this is gonna be the first time in a while he's played off the bench but I think he's got that kind of can he be a 14-15 point game score every single night there's certainly a possibility I think that's something the Hornets lacked last season just with injuries with just with lack of depth I mean just consistency it's hard to it's hard to score 14 or 15 points a game let alone in a bench roll every single night so I think it's a tremendous addition really really helps the depth on this roster for sure not trying to make a hot take here Sam but I think it is possible as you mentioned he has been a star the last couple of seasons Kelly Oubre could end up in the competition for sixth man of the year depending on how things go just the way the minutes are going to be dispersed he's going to play a lot he has to replace not just the scoring of Devontae Graham, but also Malik Monk. That is a tall task, but this is one of the few guys that was available out there that could do it. I think Kelly Oubre could certainly end up having that kind of a role for this team. Third player that I wanted to talk about in this segment was Ish Smith, the Charlotte native coming home. I'll ask this to you out front because I've got some stats that I think back this up, but how good of a backup point guard is Ish Smith compared to everyone else out there in the league? I mean, what kind of class is he? Top five? backup point guard how do you see him fitting into that role Sam yeah watching the Hornets and the Hornets have had the obviously played the Wizards four times every single year and Ish Smith always was really annoying to play with and I say that in a in a complimentary way because he is so quick with the ball and so good at getting to his spots whether it's three point he's really craftier on the basket mid-range I mean he was a guy that always every team's got that handful of opposing players that maybe aren't necessarily superstars but always kind of have their number Ish Smith always felt like that guy for the Hornets so if anything he's not on the Wizards so the Hornets don't have to face him anymore so that's always a positive he's just completely out of the picture but I think from a leadership standpoint I mean talking to him on that zoom we had a couple weeks ago instant Marvin Williams vibes in terms of leadership composure obviously of the Charlotte element here and I think he made it very clear and it's awesome that he's from Charlotte I think there's a very short list of guys from Charlotte that have actually ended up playing for the Hornets but this isn't a homecoming in the sense of like I'm here to play in front of my friends and family we'll see what happens on the court he's coming here and he wants to win and I think the qualities I think he's going to be a huge influence a good influence on LaMelo Ball great influence I should say on everybody specifically LaMelo Ball and a lot of the thing he said I think this is going to be his 12th NBA team and was in Washington for two years coming in here and he, I love it 
line he said he was at some point you play yeah I have to be able to play because I've been in the league for 12 years at this point like somebody likes me I keep getting on these teams so I think he's going to be great I think he's really I think his transition game is really going to fit in nice with this Hornets play style and the leadership alone in the locker room is going to be a tremendous addition as well I think he is really one of the best backup point guards in the NBA. As you said, he plays for the league. He has played for the league for a long time. No one's complaining about having Ish Smith on their roster and everyone's quick to sign him when he becomes available. But here's a stat from last season that I thought really illustrates how good he can be and that's if you can fit him into this role he's clearly impacting winning. If he plays less than 10 minutes in a game or is just playing inactive happen more often they'd be inactive than play less than 10 minutes if he's available he's available he's going to play more than that but the team Washington last year went 11 and 19 when he played less than 10 minutes or was inactive if there was a situation where he needed to play more than 21 minutes so essentially starters minutes at that point team was 10 and 16 when Ish Smith was playing 21 plus minutes if he was between 10 and 21 which is generally speaking a backup point guards minute allotment in the NBA Washington was 13 and 3 I'm not saying if you specifically play Ish Smith for 15 minutes in a game it's a guaranteed win but those are pretty revealing stats in terms of what kind of impact he can have in that role as you mentioned he's very pesky to play against I think this is a really savvy signing and also you know one thing kind of missing for Ish Smith's resume just in general he hasn't been on a really really good team yet been on some playoff teams, including last year. He hasn't had a chance to be kind of like what Cameron Payne was last year for the Phoenix Suns, who I think kind of fits the skill set. Someone who can definitely produce, definitely be a pest on both sides of the ball, annoying to play against. This could be that team that Ish Smith gets to become a part of where he gets to have that role and maybe goes on a similar run. Health's going to have a lot to do with it, but I think a lot of pieces are setting into place here for Ish Smith to have his most successful season and with what he brings to the table, the Hornets, to take a giant step perhaps next year with what he brings to the table. All right, we still got one segment left to go. We've got a couple more moves left to talk about and some superlatives of this summer to speak of. We'll get into that next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Be sure to check out the Hornets Fan Shop at Spectrum Center, now open Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Check out all the newest Hornets gear or grab a new pair of J's. It's an easy trip on the light rail, or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 at HornetsFanshop.com. A supersized edition of the HHC as we go over all the major moves of this past offseason, which is still ongoing, I suppose, so we could have to do another one of these guys, Sam Barbara Rob Longo and Sam Perley here with you. Real quick, one other move that I want to touch on. Wes Awundu, part of the sign-and-trade portion for the Hornets. Devontae Graham going to New Orleans. Wes Awundu comes to town. Sam, what can you tell us about Wes Awundu, a guy who's been in the league for a few years and has carved out a little bit of a role, obviously, I'm sure, on his end. He's looking to take that next step in his career, but what are the Hornets getting in Wes Awundu? Four years in the league. I think he did some time as a starter in Orlando for his first three. I think he was in Dallas started the season in Dallas last year and then was part of the Reddick trade over to New Orleans it sounded like he injuries were kind of an issue for him last year not I don't think long-term chronic thing necessarily but you know last year was so challenging you know not a whole lot of time to recover not a lot of practice time and you can get left behind really quickly so from his time in Orlando I mean he sounds like offensive transition is sort of his strength in the offensive game he's not a tremendously big time spot-up shooter or anything but defense is kind of his calling card he's really long he's versatile on the defensive end it sounds like 
can guard multiple positions. I think he's definitely a guy that can compete for rotation minutes, but I think more so than anything, he just kind of needed a fresh start. I think last year was kind of so up and down for everybody, but when you're changing locations and you're battling injuries and trying to establish yourself in different cities and organizations, I think it was tough. So hopefully it's a clean slate for him coming into Charlotte and you know, definitely see what he's what he's got to contribute. And with how young this team is, having someone with his type of experience uh, certainly could prove beneficial for the Hornets. Before we move on to our superlatives of the summer, do want to touch on, you know, we lost some really good players and good people from this organization. It's part of the churn of the NBA. Guys are just going to move around and find situations that are better for them and the organization is going to do what they feel is best for themselves as well. But don't want to minimize the contributions that guys like Caleb Martin and Cody Zeller and Bismarck Biombo and Malik Monk and Devontae Graham made to the Charlotte community and to this team. Again, really great people. I enjoyed very much getting to know them. It was not an easy season to try and break into the NBA as an announcer and and get to know everyone without actually ever meeting them face to face. And each and every one of those guys could not have been more generous and gracious with their time and just their work in the community. They're great people. And I think that is something universal we've seen with the Hornets in the time that Mitch Kupchak and his crew have been here. You see a lot of really good people come through town who really want to do things the right way. And I I see that in the guys that they brought in as well. So I don't want to go this entire podcast where there's all this excitement about everyone who's being brought in and not just uh, say, Rob, that, you know, we're we're going to miss these people. We're rooting for them as individuals, maybe not when they're playing Charlotte, but we're looking for them to continue all the great work that they've done in the NBA on and off the court. Yeah, just nature of the beast, like you mentioned. I mean, Cody Zeller is one of those guys, just all class, took out a full page ad in the Observer after he signed with Portland just to thank Charlotte. I mean, he spent his whole career here, his whole adult life, really, in the Queen City. So, you know, he was really grateful for that. I'm going to miss him. And of course, the other guys as well, they were always a pleasure to talk to and deal with. And it'll be a nice little homecoming when we see him down the road again. Definitely wishing them all the best. So now it's time for our superlatives of this summer so far. We might have to do this again because it's a moving target. There's no really perfect time, is there, Sam, to do this type of podcast? This is how it is for today as it stands. (laughs) Like It's like the high school yearbook getting the superlatives out. If we've got to change them in a week, we can do version 2.0. So quick answers for all of these. We're going to start with, I feel blank about the Hornets roster today. I feel blank. Fill in the blank, Sam Perley. Thrilled. I am thrilled about this roster. I think you addressed a lot of needs in the offseason. I think you have a really nice balance. I love that there's going to be a lot of competition for minutes at different positions and whatever you want. Thrilled, excited, can't wait. Rob Longo, fill in the blank. I feel blank about the Hornets roster today. Do Rob rules apply here? Yes, Rob rules apply. I was going to say excited and Sam stole it at the last second. So You'll get I'll to go ahead ecstatic. of him next time. Ecstatic. Ecstatic. He feels ecstatic about the Hornets roster today. I feel encouraged about the Hornets roster today. I'm not going to go over the top on this. I feel encouraged because I do think, as you said, they, they've addressed all the major holes that were in the roster at the end of last season based off free agency. I think they did it in a creative way on the Mason Plumley deal, and I think they've added some really good experienced players. There is, of course, still the risk that this is overall, I think, a slightly younger team, and there's a lot of upside with that youth. I'm excited about the guys they have here, but it does for the here and now create some situations where if an injury happens, you're a little thinner than you might have wanted to be. But all that said, I wouldn't trade the potential that we see in all these young guys, but this is a team that I can't help but be encouraged about 
for the present as well as the future with how things have lined up. Next up, your most exciting move of this offseason. Rob, you get to go first. The most exciting move. Rob, rules are in effect, so you're not allowed to copy each other. I'll go with the Kelly Oubre signing. Kelly Oubre I'll signing. go with the Oubre signing just because I'm excited to see him come off the bench and produce. I was, I, I was going to say Oubre. Uh, so my <laughs> backup, yeah, it's, we're just going to go back and forth to stealing each other. Um, my, I will say Oubre, but since I can't take that one, I'll go with the Terry Rogier extension. I think just having a guy like that, knowing who's going to be here for the foreseeable future, I mean, like I said, he's, I think, everything you want. He's done every single thing you've asked since he walked in the building two years ago. I think he's a great person for the, a lot of these younger guys on this team to look up for. Like, this is how you carry yourself in the NBA, on the court, off the court, and this is what it means to be a Hornets player is what Terry Rozier kind of embodies. So I think it's invaluable to have someone like that on the roster. So I'll go with having Terry. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. I, I kind of have to violate the Rob rules because I think Terry Rozier locking him up is huge. There are just, there's not a lot of people that can score 20 points per game. There's a lot of people in the NBA who can do it once. To do it consistently over 60, 70, 80 games in a season and impact winning, it just doesn't exist in everyone, no matter how high the upside on anyone out there. So, sorry for violating the Rob rules right out of the gate, but Terry Rozier, I think, is the most exciting move. Most surprising move of the offseason. I'm going to go first here so I don't get caught in this one. Most surprising move, I'm going to say, was the Mason Plumlee one just because I didn't see it coming. We looked at the list of who could fill the center spot and most people's eyes immediately turned towards free agents, maybe certain potential trades out there. I don't think anyone said, well, Mason Plumlee is a guy who's certainly going to be on the move. I love the creativity. I love the flexibility it gives. I love the fact that it gives opportunity for the young guys who are currently on the roster or who were last year to grow still into bigger, more prominent roles. I love a lot about it. As I touched on earlier, there is, of course, some risk because you're you're still susceptible to injury just like the team was last year. I mean, Cody Zeller seemed to, you know, really answer a lot of questions for the Hornets at the center spot, and then he got injured 30 minutes into the season, and there were a ton of additional questions, and the team was able to navigate those fairly successfully until more injuries kind of took them off their path. I think there's still obviously a risk there, but I'm really intrigued about what Mason Plumlee might be bring to this roster, even though I'm listing as my most surprising move, it's one I'm really excited about. Rob, most surprising move of this offseason. I took yours, didn't I? Yeah, I gotta call <laughs> Omaha here. I'm gonna go with the Wessowundu acquisition, just because when the Devontae Graham stuff, from what we saw reports-wise and stuff like that, we just thought it was going to be maybe like a draft pick or something like that and return to Charlotte. Ended up being a wounded. So, and I'm kind of excited to see what he can do if he's healthy and just kind of produce in a reserved role. So, I'll go with him just so then that way I can stay away from whatever you say and whatever Sam is expecting as well. Sam Purley, I violated my own Rob rules as going third on a three-man panel, so I'll, I'll leave it open to you, but your uh, most surprising move. I'll be truthful and say I didn't have either one of them when I wrote this, jotted this down a few minutes ago. I said Kelly Oubre, and just because I don't think it was necessarily a guy that I think if most Hornets fans or us kind of in general looking to the offseason, I was like, that could be a guy that could end up in the Hornets. And, you know, I think Kelly Oubre, I think you could call him a fairly prominent free agent. And just for a while, Charlotte's just had trouble kind of getting really high-profile free agents here. Just small market, didn't have a tremendous amount of success on the court. You saw this tide started to turn a little bit last year with Gordon Hayward. You had Kelly Oubre. I mean, hopefully this becomes a place where, you know, guys want to play and they want to play with guys like Lamella Ball and Terry Rozier. So I'd say Kelly Oubre just because I, I think the way kind of things played out and I think maybe became more of an option once Devontae Graham ended up signing with New Orleans and then 
things kind of shift a little bit and you look at how to you know fill in for that so i would say kelly from the strictly standpoint as you entered free agency as things kind of you know began unwinding you could kind of see a obviously a more potential fit but yeah i'll say kelly finally biggest impact for the season who has not had a chance to go for i think sam is the only one who hasn't gone first yet Sam Pearlie. I, right. I think I went for the first one. The uh, Were you? Oh, you the, might have been. The All word, right. yeah, the, the word. word and one. I took Rob's, I said thrilled, and he said exciting. So We'll let you go. Biggest, uh, biggest impact for this season amongst the moves? I will say Mason Plumley. Just having some sort of stability at the center position. And, you know, it was just kind of like you said, Cody Zeller getting hurt last year, kind of biz going in and out a little bit. Tried the Vernon thing last year. Tried PJ full-time five. You had Jalen McDaniels in there at the five at some point. I think the center position was just so up and down you just it was different players and I think it wasn't a whole lot of chance to build consistency at that position last year and I think a lot of it dictated how your wings were going to operate how your guards were going to operate particularly from a defensive standpoint so I think having Plumlee in there just to kind of be you're the starting center in you know theoretically we assume starting center this is who we're playing around and then now you can kind of build out around him and have a little bit more of a game plan for the rotation again barring injuries because i know that kind of played a huge factor last year but going into the offseason i think Plumley will have the biggest impact just because i think it's just you know a little bit more solidified than it was last year that position i'll take the risk i'll let rob go next rob biggest or do you want to go third then you, then you can copy someone no no no, no. all uh, right I don't, I don't, i'm thinking we're on different wavelengths biggest here. impact for this season i'm gonna say ish smith okay did i copy you, like, you? you like my stat huh 13 and 3 when he plays well, between 10 and 20 you? you didn't okay I'm, I'm well, glad no. you didn't. But well, yeah, I mean, for my first, sake, yeah, the stat was great, great nugget there. You'll have to keep that for the broadcast this upcoming seasons. But you know, not only the stuff that you can do on the court in that reserved role, but I mean, the thing that the second unit missed at times last season, I thought for the Hornets was that veteran presence. I mean, sometimes it's nice to have that vet in there, just kind of calm everybody in case you know something's something's going awry. Sometimes, like we saw in summer league with a lot of these young players, I mean, you know, one one bad bounce of the basketball goes the wrong way, and all of a sudden it's it's a ten point deficit or a double digit deficit. So. I think having a guy, especially in the backcourt, running the point like Ish there to kind of give the team that calming presence is going to be something that's a little bit underrated. And I think, you know, the off-court stuff as well, the locker room stuff with kind of mentoring a guy like LaMelo Ball too is going to be something underrated that Ish can provide this season as well. My biggest impact move for the season, I think, I hope, will be Kelly Oubre. Kind of similar to what you were saying, to what both of you were saying, for Rob having a veteran presence, someone who's been through the grind of the NBA, you're right. There really wasn't that last season, you know, Miles Bridges, still a young player. LaMelo Ball was a rookie last year. though. That was the core of your bench unit last season. Very, very young. So Kelly Oubre obviously answers that. He's been around. He knows how to get his points in, in whatever minutes he has out there on the floor. So I think that satisfies that. And then to your point, Sam, about you, know, you, you had a missing piece in the center spot that you wanted to get some consistency out of. Of course, Plumlee, the hope is he can do that. I think you can make a similar argument for lead player off the bench last year. Devontae Graham and Malik Monk, once they moved on, that that was a hole that presented itself. I'm not sure you could have done any better than Kelly Oubre. And however it shakes out with the rest of the starting lineup, if it's PJ Washington or Miles Bridges that ends up coming off the benches because you can only start five guys at one time, they're going to fit in well with Kelly Oubre. He works well with everyone, plus Ish Smith. I think if Kelly Oubre ends up being that really exciting addition to this team that he can be, if he's competing for six 
sixth man of the year, that means the team is, for the most part, healthy, and they're probably going to be competitive for the playoff spot that everyone here in the Queen City desires. So I'm going with Kelly Oubre for my most exciting addition of, or uh, say exciting or biggest impact. I'm rooting for biggest impact from Kelly Oubre. All right, that's it for the superlatives. That's it for our summer roundup, I guess, uh, of moves. We know it was a long time coming as uh, we've had these moves coming in since draft night, but we're excited to finally be able to talk about them and excited about the potential ahead. Still a lot left on the uh, calendar here for the Hornets Hivecast. Of course, training camp not too far away. If there are any other big moves, we will be able to dedicate our full attention to them, and hopefully they don't make everything we've talked about over the last 35-plus minutes completely irrelevant, but I guess we'll find out what Mitch Kupchak in the front office has in store in the future. That's going to do it for this edition of the HHC. Thanks to Sam Purley and Rob Longo and to all of you for tuning in. For everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us, and we'll talk to you next time here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.